Mental Mobile Mechanized Organism Designed Only for Killing, or MODOK, is a Marvel comic book supervillain voiced by Patton Oswalt in a Hulu stop-motion animated series produced by Marvel Studios. In total, 10 episodes were released on the 21st. This is a sitcom where a floating, box-headed evil genius is going through a midlife crisis while losing ownership of his shady tech company, AIM, and lamenting over his divorce. You watch the first two episodes, If This Be MODOK and The MODOK That Time Forgot to get a sense of what's going on. It's May 23rd, you're listening to today's episode. This has to be one of the weirdest shows that we've covered in quite some time. I guess Disney doesn't mind leasing out its copyrights for the more obscure characters. Yeah, yeah, it like, caught me off guard, especially when I clicked on it, because it was the first thing on Hulu, and it said TVMA, and I saw Marvel's logo pop up, and, I, and that really threw me for a loop. So you didn't know about MODOK before no, this? No, I had no clue at all. Actually, the history is a little bit tricky to follow. So in 2019, Netflix and Disney effectively ended their Marvel relationship, while Disney began production on its own shows. Loki's coming out pretty soon. Yeah. Uh, but at the same time, Hulu wanted in on The Offenders. Get it? Like, there were the Defenders, yeah. and, and now the they're offenders. The Offenders. Yeah. And so they had Howard the Duck, Tiger and Dazzler, Dazzler sorry, uh, MODOK, and Hitmonkey that were all animated series that were proposed and got the green light. So we're going to be seeing Howard the Duck animated series soon? No, because most of them got scrapped, except for MODOK, which had already begun production, and also Hitmonkey. Mm. Have you heard of Hitmonkey before? I've never heard of Hitmonkey Think before. of like a, a monkey that is like John Wick. Does he have like a revenge story arc or something? Yeah, he has a revenge story <laughs> arc. And then he ta- likes to take out like bad guys, basically. <laughs> There's a whole comic book with him and Spider-Man and Deadpool where he's trying to kill Deadpool or something. Um, but we're talking about MODOK here, all right? And so for MODOK, this is like a pinky in the brain, despicable me, Megamind type yeah. anti-hero. Yeah. But those are all geared toward kids. And MODOK sounds like he's like many of the characteristics that he has are of these less successful villains but it's being played for an older crowd right it's like an adult swim show Um, okay and the only thing i know about modok like in terms of his name is one of the people says he's a mental organism designed and then the last two letters we never actually get but he's facing off iron man within the first like five minutes of the show did you recognize who voiced iron man no i had no idea john ham john ham yeah and and so what happens in this face-off well, it's one of many attempts that Modoc has with his company that he owns, AIM, to basically take over the world. And they have. So, like Pinky in the Brain, right? Right, yeah. And they have huge spaceships that are costing millions of dollars and a ton of like people in hazmat suits who are just fighting. But Iron Man is able to take him down single handedly while also like on the side watching the Great British Bake Off in his helmet. Isn't, wait, isn't the Great British, British Bake Off a Netflix show? It's a Netflix this show. This is a Hulu show? Yeah, yeah. So, they're, they're making fun of that. And even Modoc is giving away the ending once it's clear that he's going to be defeated oh just to ruin it for him yeah but, but why why is modex modox technology so bad 
Well, it's not the fact that it's so bad. It's just the fact that Iron Man is so skilled and like it's Modok really isn't a threat, even though AIM is losing a ton of money by having these spaceships. They even say that like the spaceships they're using are $30 million. The technology they're using is $20 million and AIM is on the verge of being shut down before we get someone named Austin, who is definitely somewhat of like a bro man. He sounded like Beck Bennett even. He was Beck Bennett. Okay, yeah, because yeah, like, they didn't have his name in the credits, but he sounded a lot like him. Uh, I'm uh, sure his name was in the credits, but I may, maybe it was yeah, just well, a I, place. I, I, yeah. yeah, and uh, he basically agrees that um, if AIM decides to work with Grumble, Grumble will buy AIM and they'll be able to stay afloat because otherwise AIM and all the people that work for them and all the employees are in hazmat suits except for MODOK. Uh, will be put under. So Grumble saves so, AIM. MODOK loses this big battle in the beginning scene against yeah. Iron Man. Yeah. And then his company goes bankrupt. Basically. And so this other company called Grumble is willing to buy him out. Right. And Austin is kind of the main spokesperson for Grumble. Austin Vandersleet. Yeah, but we don't get his last name. But Austin, Austin also says that the reason why they want to save AIM is because MODOK was one of his heroes growing up, even though he was a villain. Mm-hmm. And this goes with the very uh, generic route where MODOK has a tough family life at home, or at least he thinks so. Um, Lou, He's going through a midlife crisis. Yeah. yeah. Melissa looks like him. She's in like a weird metal box like Melissa's he is. Melissa's his daughter. He also has Lou, who's which is his boy- son by ben schwartz and, and they're supposed to be contrasting characters right? yeah yeah they are very much so ben schwartz is about to um be basically bar mitzvah but he doesn't have enough money for a suit and also but what's his personality like it's very optimistic and he's he plays ben schwartz in every single one of his roles like the second ducktales sonic yeah yeah he's just very upbeat but he's he's not able to get a bar mitzvah suit. but what's the difference between him and his sister his sister is much more like emotional like and she's, I heard that she was more evil. She is more evil. Like she kills the cat in the second episode. She kills the cat. Yeah. Like uh, w- w- was it a real cat or was yeah? It, it was a real cat that they had, and when she was a baby, she killed it and then laughed at it. Like that's her personality, uh-huh. kind of. And then we have Jody, who who Modok is married to, who is supposed to be the voice of reason in the show, yes. even though Modok is completely egotistical. She's supposed to kind of be the person that brings him down to earth. Um, but, but like I hear that by the end of the first episode, by the, end of the they first get episode they get divorced. Yeah, but what ends up happening is so it's like half family drama, half workplace comedy. That's how the um, creators. I mean, yeah, but Jordan the, Bloom and and Patton Oswalt kind of sold the show. But the drama is completely just comedy. Like it's supposed to be completely comedic. Yeah, I mean, he looks ridiculous. Yeah, so it'd be <laughs> hard to take it seriously. Well, so where let's come down to your opinions here. What did you actually think of the episode? Well, this was this reminded me a lot like I said of an Adult Swim show and a lot of Adult Swim shows Which start ones? off yeah. with yeah, Rick and Morty, Venture Bros, even the Aragonda show. But they all start of those off, are like critically acclaimed. Yeah, well, so did the, you like this? Yeah, I did, but the thing is okay. is that I didn't like the first episode. I thought it was mediocre, but it felt like one of those good shows that just has like a mediocre pilot just like all the ones that i just previously named had but Did rick it, and morty have a mediocre pilot yeah it was like an eight on i, I, mean, I, I agree with that rating yeah. um but the second episode much like rick and morty deals with time travel and that's when you get i think a better sense of the characters and really um modok and jody's relationship when that is what i think is the basis of the show you see the foundation of it yeah so i assume he goes back in time and he relives his experiences with her or he 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 tries to yeah he tries to bring um jody back to a third eye blind concert which took place decades beforehand that they were never able to go to and jody is still kind of upset about to this date to try and be like oh i brought you here so we can like hopefully rekindle our relationship and get back together now jody obviously is not having it but um 
Is but, there music? Like, do you get to hear the Third Eye Blind music? Uh, yeah, I think, like, for one song or so. And okay. I think they do it over the credits as well. Um, but <laughs> they, they go back in time and overshoot it by four years, where a MODOK who is in his dorm in college literally torturing his roommate, flipping on a switch, and the roommate is, because he ate his ramen noodles, uh, sees the older MODOK and Jody and is like, oh, that's me, I should go down there and just talk to them and see if I'm ruling the world yet. Um, but... Then, like, Modoc is able to figure out the uh, the future switch, and uh, this portal opens up, and they go in, but the younger Modoc comes in with them. Okay. So that's kind of the basis of the whole entire episode, and when is that the younger version of him is tracking yeah, him through time? Yeah, basically. But like, what for? What for? What purpose? She he wants to talk to them and see what's going on, but he realizes later on, especially when he's seeing how Modoc is acting with Jody, that he's not as powerful as he wants to be. So he wants to change his future and kind of fight this older Modoc uh-huh. so that he can become more powerful. So his past self is like you're a failure in the future, right. and so we have to fight you. Exactly, and uh-huh. they're able to make it to the third eye blind concert when they when they come through but austin who modok hates like he's hated him throughout these two episodes reveals at the very beginning of the episode that why does he austin's the the grumble grumble (laughs) yeah austin austin's a person is he evil or somewhat i mean like throughout the most of the first episode you're supposed to think to yourself he's He's just he's been represented as passive aggressive yeah very passive aggressive like he but what happens at the end of the first episode he signs signatures and kind of goes almost behind modok's back by trying to hide jody so that they so that she can be a spokesperson for grumble and uh and modok doesn't like that and just does jody have superpowers no, it's not revealed. She's not revealed to at least as of yet. I was just curious. But in the end, they go to the Third Eye Blind concert in the second episode. And uh, Jody is seeming to have fun. But Modoc uh, knows that Austin is allergic to strawberries and is like, if I get some strawberries and try to go to a younger Austin's house, I might be able to kill him and therefore won't have to worry about him in the future. And uh, Jody... So he regrets signing up with Grumble. Right, yeah, completely. And you see that by the end of the first episode. There's even, by like the second half of the first episode, it turns into this heist thing where where Modoc tries to go to Austin and practically kill him by taking over Jody's body again. It's it, there's, there's crazy plots that are going on. Um, but and it's only 30 minutes per episode, right? Yeah, yeah. Okay. And by the second episode, Modoc goes into Austin's house, but Jody follows him and is like, what are you doing here? Why, why are you trying to kill Austin? Austin's a nice person. And then that's when the younger Modoc shows up, and then they start fighting each other. And then, a, like, the future uh, device, it, like, explodes, and it turns into this portal where the younger Modoc is sucked in, and then the portal goes away. So they're basically, Modoc and Jody are completely stuck in the past and they don't kill austin and they don't know exactly what did to it do. leave off on a cliffhanger this episode no no no, no, no. Oh, because okay. this is like halfway through because then modok be uh starts living in an ikea and starts <laughs> going crazy like he's he's a uh, 500 meatballs he turns into like a statue of jody mm-hmm. and starts watching movies with her and jody but isn't jody still there yeah well jody just wants absolutely nothing to do with him because again she may like it's just another one of his plans they, like, does she flow. also live in the ikea no no she's all right she's, she's living in the woods as she states uh so modok wants to break into his own house where his young where another modok and jody the ones that are the four years that time yeah period, yeah are, are living and he's like i they don't have a lot of money but they have way more money than me and i need to find some place to be because an employee has kicked me out of ikea mm-hmm. uh and right as he's about to break in that's one that jody that he knows shows up and is like what are you doing you can't break into our house you can't do all of this stuff and then it turns into the best thing where 
uh, best scene where Modoc and Jody, the older uh, two, they basically watch their whole entire life happen before their eyes. Um, it's somewhat touching, but you get a lot of crazy things that happen. Like, for example, Modoc uh, makes a chicken, but the chicken comes back to life and tries killing him. Like, as, <laughs> as he's about to. So it's like a family guy family. Joke. Yeah, and again, that's where you see Melissa kill the cat and, like, laugh about it and all that stuff. But you see. How are they seeing this play out if they don't have a time machine or They're anything? literally just in the front yard watching it. That's You see it through their eyes, like, the years go by. Okay. And they turn old, and even the older Modoc has a beard, and Jody and Modoc, uh, their relationship starts to rekindle as they're watching all this stuff happen and their memories go by. Um, so then we get back at the very end of the episode to where we started, where Modoc is about to go back in time with Jody to try and bring her to the Third Eye Blind concert. Um, and right as they do, Modoc and J- the older ones, Modoc and Jody jump out and destroy the time machine. But by doing that, they destroy themselves and aren't able to but explain. But those are like they're old by now yeah, because yeah. they've relived very, like yeah, very old. <laughs> okay, gotcha. Yeah, but they're not able to explain. Yeah, why and so the other doing. Jody still doesn't like Modoc. Right. Got and it. and by that point, uh, their existence fades out. And Jody's just had it by that point. She's I'm I'm done with you. I can't deal with this. I have no idea why our older selves destroyed your time machine, but I want you completely gone. And Modoc's very sad, but moves into an apartment and as he's driving by you see the chicken that was turned to real life he's still there <laughs> with a knife um that's and, ironic and it also reminds me a little bit of the solos episode that we just did where time travel was cons- like it was brought into 30 minutes and they were able to say like a full plot from beginning to right. end and actually close that gap and it turns usually out, time travel stories take a long well it turns out that the ending explain. scene is that the early modoc the one that was in college is still alive in the time period i believe that they're at yeah so he's still out so there that on is the run. A cliffhanger, yeah all right so it sounds like the second episode definitely had a lot more going on than the first yeah because the first was just modoc kind of griping about the fact that aim is in his company anymore and grumble is trying to get them to make a really successful tablet that's their end of the bargain by saving their company and it wasn't as good as the second episode which had definitely more stuff in it because it seems like the second episode actually achieved what that modok who turned old with his wife wanted it to right unlike with the pinky in the brain episode where it, it, just, it usually yeah. ends with him uh or, or it even when he gets what he wants it never feels like he's actually getting what he wants right exactly yeah he actually got it but in the end it didn't really achieve anything because they yeah let's go through the cast a little bit you got Pat oswald who's been ratatouille happy uh, the Mystery Science Theater, one of those things. Yeah, I even uh, said that this reminded me of a cross between kind of the animation of No Activity, but better, uh, Robot Chicken and Happy. Yeah, well, it's produced by the people who do Robot Chicken and I think Family Guy as well, because that's also the same. I, I think I saw thing. Seth Green, yeah. And the, He's an executive producer. Credits, yeah. Uh, but yeah, Pat Oswalt is a known voice actor and he said he'd be willing to do the live action version of the character <laughs> as well, because he likes sitting down on his chair and acting. Yeah. Um, then you have Amy Garcia, who you would know from Lucifer and also as Dexter's nanny. Um, oh, okay. yeah. She's uh, the wife, Jody. And then you have Ben Schwartz, who some of these people were like made for the parts. They knew when it, so, he, so a lot so of his improvisation is brought into the character. Yeah. You have Melissa Fumero, who is from Brooklyn Nine-Nine. She plays Andy Samberg's love interest. She plays Melissa. You have and Melissa and um, Lou aren't really in this second episode. They're in it, but not as much as the first episode. Yeah, not in the bulk of it. Yeah. Um, then there's a character named Monica. Do you know who that is? Wendy yeah, McClendon? Monica. Monica is kind of Modoc's, uh She's an evil villain that works for AIM as well and wants to control it, but can't either. 
Okay, so she is on his side or not? No, she's not on his side. Okay, so she's just like an underling who is also... Oh, an arch nemesis. Yeah. Okay, Beck Bennett, you already pointed out. John Daly from Big Mouth Archery plays Super Adaptoid. Then you also have Sam Richardson, who we know from Veep. And then he was also in the Tim Robbins or Tim Robinson series. I forgot which, which is his name. Yeah. The baby, baby, baby guy. Yeah. Um, he plays Gary. And Gary is also the character in Final Space. So uh, are they at all similar? Someone. Gary, I believe if I'm thinking of the right person, is someone who got his arm kind of blasted off in the first episode. And it's just like, it's like an on-running joke that he wants his arm back. But he's like very, very optimistic, almost like Lou in this So in show. the first episode, you said that you, well, you didn't like it as much as the second but overall what do you think of the show uh overall i thought that the show definitely has some potential and i think that it could be really good would you watch more episodes of it yeah i'd give it a try okay and so guest stars are like john ham nathan fillion Whoopi goldberg bill Hader. they've got yeah, a list I of them that, yeah big cast talent um but you haven't had a problem with the writing you like the jokes yeah i mean the jokes there are some that definitely fall flat but for the most part i laugh yeah let's do some more comparisons venture bros you've watched all that series mm-hmm. how does that compare to this one uh, Similar I, themes because they're adult or not? Not really. I mean, Modoc is kind of more violent and takes a lot of glee in its uh, violence, where uh, Venture Bros is more just about the immaturity of violence, the characters. Like invincible violent or? Yeah, no, I mean like, the, and Robot Chicken when it decides to go that route where you see guts and you see blood. Yeah, but Robot and... Chicken when you see it, it's like clay. But that's, what, that, this, that's that what, what this reminds so me of. So everybody, yeah. even including Modoc, I know is the claymation, but everybody else's as well? Yeah. Yeah, so is Jody. Especially, you can tell with Jody because of her movements, kind of. All right, and then Harley Quinn. Uh, people have compared it to that. Yeah, no, I, I could see that the the tones are very similar in the comedy, but the gore. <laughs> but Harley Quinn has been rated higher than this show. So some of the headlines here are demented R-rated Disney superhero epic that you didn't know you needed. Uh, goofy supervillain, Bass in the comic book spotlight. Um, goofy delight. Uh, perfect show to conclude Marvel's TV legacy. However. When you look at the IMDb ratings and some of the like Reddit posts, you get a different picture. You get a 6.3 on IMDb right oh, now. Wow, okay. The first episode is 6.8. The second episode has a 7.4. Um, and if you were to consolidate the opinions of people on Reddit, it's the, the ones who don't like it are basically saying it's more like a CBS Tuesday night sitcom about a divorced huh. dad than it is anything cutting edge or like the Harley Quinn show, which people really like. I agree with that, but that's kind of what the show I think was pitched on. It you def- like you like Robot Chicken a lot. Yeah. And I feel like a lot of people didn't want a Robot Chicken type show, maybe. Yeah, that's fair. I think that it's also, Modoc is very mean-spirited. Like, even though you do get that somewhat sad montage, like the whole entire show is just Pat Oswalt being a complete dick to everybody. And he is supposed to come off as unlikable more than likable. So Is that odd? Because you're hearing him from the Ratatouille rat? <laughs> right yeah it's it's weird but yeah like Pan Oswald also is one of those voices where he's immediately recognizable so you might not be able to jump into it as easily as you would want to and if you were to face this character Modoc, against any of the Avengers who do you think he has the best chance of going in uh, winning at <laughs> uh, I would maybe pick Black Widow but Black Widow would still kick him easily even probably with his army like, he is not a villain that not intimidating anybody. No, not at all. They didn't decide to do too much of his uh, origin story in this first season. I think but they have plans on it, I think, later on to kind of go into mm-hmm. it a bit. They also are, I think, producing, uh, f- like, four comic book issues to huh. go along with this later on. I wonder how the artwork's going to look for that. Well, the Jordan Bloom guy has done comics before. He also came from, I think, Family Guy. Or not Family Guy, but the other American Dad. So he's worked with, like, um, Seth Rogen before and yeah. also 
not Seth Rogen, sorry, Seth MacFarlane sorry, yeah. and Seth Green. There are too many Seths in this universe. <laughs> All the Seths. Thanos versus Modoc. Okay, and so what are really the abilities of Modoc besides being smart and just I mean, sinister? He, well, he can fly around basically anywhere. Um, he has this weird thing in the middle of his head. It's like an emerald almost, but he can like it's a blaster basically. He even uses it when he's facing his younger self, where mm -hmm. like like a red power comes out, and uh, that's that's basically all he has. <laughs> Do you get the sense that they're ever going to try to make him a good guy? I hope they don't go that route, but they could. I don't think that they like they. Will, you said they showed him having some feelings towards his wife. Yeah, like uh, again in that montage. But I, I think that the thing that makes him so different is just the fact that he's so unlikable. If they were to try and be like, oh, he's actually a good guy, it would ruin it a little bit. Okay, and so your favorite character then out of all of them? Lou. He had the funniest lines, bench words. <laughs> but he's the nicest one out yeah. of all of them. If you had to guess what the plots were going forward. I think that Modoc is going to try a lot of times and just fail to be able to impress Jody. Um, Do you think the younger version of him is going to come back and like? Yeah, beat him the, up? The, there's going to be some big fight scene that happens there, and probably that ends just ridiculously. Uh, and Lou and Melissa will probably have some type of rekindling because it seems like they do have a very like serious sibling rivalry. Um, and there's this one I, I didn't even mention. Is the sibling ship like the Rick and Morty siblings where they actually do love each other, but they? Yeah, yeah. I mean, I mean, somewhat. There's also this robot who uh, who everyone hates. Mm -hmm. he, he's almost the Jerry of the group, where he like is a fruit smoothie, but he's very very emotional because no one likes him at all and he does very he does things that like he's a shapeshifter so he shapeshifts into a ladder for um modok when he's trying to pull off this heist but again modok can fly so he's like why why if you can fly why are you making me turn into a ladder so he's almost like a character that no one likes so i think he's going to have some type of heroic moment that either screws up or actually uh achieves they wanted to get some other obscure characters like Stiltman and and uh other people that they asked disney for and disney wouldn't allow it they actually gave them the rights to bigger characters yeah i was surprised to like see iron man, iron man. <laughs> yeah they were like oh that's cool because i guess he's more in the public domain than everybody else yeah so when they were asking for the obscure ones either they have plans for them or they're like all tied up in in different difficult uh like fights right now as much as i like to see iron man in the pilot it it would have been more interesting, I think, to see all these obscure characters. And well, just... the Howard the Duck one, he actually is in the movies, so it would have been interesting to see him. But the version that they were going to do was with the with Kevin from Clerks. What's his face? The director? Uh, Kevin Smith. Is it Kevin Smith? Okay, yeah. So Kevin Smith was going to do his own show. With, uh, oh, with I, don't, I, I don't know how that would have worked out. <laughs> People were really looking forward to it, so they were upset when it got yeah. canceled. But again, this was all supposed to be leading to the offenders. So it's not unheard of that Modoc would have teamed up with a bunch of these uh, characters, especially not villain characters, and and kind of fight crime with them. Right. Yeah. So sort of a suicide as, squad. As far as the future is concerned, is there anything? Just Hit Monkey. The rest of them are gone. All right. So that should do it for this episode. The next one that we're going to do is Bite. I think we'll do that tomorrow. Thanks for listening. We'll see you on the next one. Bye. Bye.